millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Greetings one and all, welcome to the to the next episode of Insane in the Membrane with me, Rich Wilson. And uh, and producer Paul in the wings, in the wings is in the engine room, uh, pushing all the buttons, making sure that this ends up in your ears. Just like to say thank you to producer Paul for doing that, because if he didn't, I would just be talking to a laptop, and that's no fun for anybody. So thank you, producer Paul. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, actually, yeah, let's just we've got admin to do. We need admin. This 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 is the thing with these things. Do you have to do the admin? But it's good admin. Thank you to our wonderful patrons for everything you do for your continued support. We really do appreciate it. Because obviously, without you we wouldn't be able to keep going you really do support us it's absolutely first class if anyone listening to this and would like to become a patreon visit our patreon page insane in the membrane and it's all there in front of you and click on some whatever you want to donate or, or, or help us with and uh, that would we really do appreciate that all the money that we that we any money we make from the podcast goes back into the podcast in order for us to continue so we don't make a profit from this we just keep pumping it in so this becomes a better and bigger podcast for your wonderful ears so thank you for that uh, with that in mind speaking about keeping the lights on our wonderful uh, our wonderful sponsors Save Our Souls Clothing Mark and Stacy, wonderful boys love those boys and I say this every time and I will say this to the day I die they are wonderful lads having worked with them closely at the end of the, like, the first couple of lockdowns beautiful lads very funny uh, incredibly flatulent but good lads, good lads, and uh, the clothes that they wear, that they that they create, are wonderful. In fact, I'm wearing it now. I say that every time, but I genuinely am. I love wearing their t-shirts, and they are they really do feel great on your skin. Um, so, what else is happening with them? If you go to their website, uh, sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane, um, and if you put in the promo code membrane that's one word you will get 15% off not just of our merch our uh, hoodies and tees you will get 15% off their entire uh, catalog their entire um, uh, website everything that they've got in store you will get 15% off of so do that go to their website sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane use the promo code membrane one word and that will get you 15% off you cannot say better than that it's ethically sourced vegan friendly get it on you get it on you make yourself look better you know you will you'll fill a million dollars in their in their arms 
And remember also that we're planning more live events, including some free ones coming up in the very near future. We've got a lot planned coming up for you, lots of shows and stuff. Uh, so for priority access to live stream and IRL in real life, which I didn't realize that's what that meant until very recently. I was like, what's L? In real life, tickets, pop your email address into our mailing list now at darkhorsedigital.co.uk that will give you priority access to all the wonderful shows that we're doing in real life and live stream coming up in the very near future. So do that for us, that'll be fantastic. We've got some great stuff coming your way, you're not going to want to miss it. So, that's the admin, let's get on with the show. This week's guest, we, we talked about him coming on for a while and it never, we couldn't make it, we couldn't make it work due to that timings and whatever else. And then, like we used to record this live, like people would come to, the, would come to Camden when we recorded it in Camden and we'd do it there. And then after the pandemic, we realized that like, we can do it via Zoom. So that's what we've been doing. Uh, and so uh, we had him on and he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's Pope Lonergan. I met Pope. I think I met him in Edinburgh, maybe uh, a few years ago. But a top, top dude that has lived a lived an incredible life, considering he's he's, he's only still quite young. Um, he's out, he's out, he's been on it's been an incredible journey, and I really knew that him coming on would be a fascinating chat. Every time I'm in his company, I have a really good. We we just talk about all sorts, we talk all manner of stuff, and it's so lovely to be with someone that just inspires you just to, to the, the conversation just tumbles out of each other it's so lovely he's such a nice dude it's a real pleasure to have him on he's got a book coming out uh, it's called i'll die after bingo and it's coming out i think he says at the end of the episode but i'll tell you now as well it's like march 2022 it's coming out and it'd be well worth it well worth your time it's it's a story of his life like in care work which is what he's been doing um yeah, yeah, and it, you're gonna love it. So yeah, the unlikely story of my decade as a care home assistant. So it's gonna, it's a, it's, he's a funny boy. It's gonna be a brilliant book. I can't wait to read it. Uh, and so uh, when that comes out, grab a copy. There'll be links to it as well. When we, when this goes out, there's gonna be links and stuff to that book and wherever else Pope is doing. So you better click on those and find him. Um, also, I want to tell you before I forgot to tell you as well. I have a website. I've got a website. It's richwilsoncomedian.com. All my dates are going to be up there. Everything that I do, every, every all the gigs I'm going to be at, are going to be up there. Also, I've got a blog, uh, a Gast and Furious. That's where just me just writing some stuff like my you know, my opinion pieces on this, that, and the other. Just a funny blog about certain things that are going on. Have a look at that for me, and if you like it, share it and tell others. Thank you very much. So. That was a bit more admin crammed in there to the beginning. Let's stop mucking around. Let's get on with the episode. Coming up in a minute is Pope Lonergan. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. Hello, mate. You're right. Yeah, good. You? Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, mate. I appreciate mate, it. It's my pleasure. It's been a long time coming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I look for. You're looking well, mate. You're looking all bright and shiny and new. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. thank you. <coughs> Cheers. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel uh, I, I'm bloody grounded at the moment because I got pinged the other day. Oh, no. Uh, it's fucking madness. Like, I'm double vaccinated. I'm doing the lateral flow tests each day, which are coming back negative. Yeah. No symptoms. And, uh, yeah, even, like, my care job have said... Oh, it's fine. Just come in. Yeah. Um, but so I don't really know what I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing to be honest. But 
um yeah i'm 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 allowed out again on sunday but i've kind of cancelled everything t- until then just you know just in case it puts like promoters in a difficult position like if, yeah. if you know whatever just it's difficult on it yeah. yeah it's difficult to know what to do because it's like you say it's like fuck i'm not because i've got those tests as well and because we, we we did latitude the other week and so we had to be tested and yeah. we were doing it and so i i've tested myself and i'm like no i'm fine I'm yeah it's really all, annoying yeah it is annoying but well, this is it, isn't it? The systems, as as we know, has been is is flawed. You know. It's, yeah. But you know. So what have you been doing to keep? Have you been keeping out of mischief? You've been like by being locked away. I suppose you, there's nothing. There's no choice. Yeah, there? yeah, no yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I've, uh, I've, yeah, I've just been just been working working on a few different like pitches. I've had to be working on yeah. uh, just tying up the loose ends with the book and um just yeah a few like few little different projects really and i've had to have like quite a few meetings about tv rights and stuff and okay just yeah just keep, um, carry on work i'm carry continue to work like as much as i can yeah at home but uh that's pretty much it really yeah quite boring nice. at the moment it's all right but your book comes out it's coming out soon isn't it and because uh, knowing what i know about it, you've lived a, you've had a very colorful life and that's and that, yeah. is that what the book's about, more or less? Or is it's it about, well, yeah. So, so the the, the kind of um, the the sort of central uh, primary focus of the book, it, it's memoir. Uh, it's about elderly care, but then it's also about like my drug addiction mm. and you know being a comedian, kind of lot lots of different stuff, you know. Um, it's uh yeah so but like the the principal focus is 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 life as a, a work as a care worker yeah uh, and that kind of yeah that kind of stuff and but then like working through my own shameful experiences as well just the usual shit i do on stage just micro- migrating that over yeah. to the page yeah so um <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> yeah and it's like you mentioned drug addiction and it and and we've spoken about this before but for the benefit of the listeners it's not like i know people that have been into like coke and uh, well, mainly, yeah mainly it's not mainly like, like, like it's all, they've had a bit of a problem with coke or drinking but yours was a bit more hardcore than that wasn't it and it, so, it yeah, blew my mind to be honest when you told me yeah so my so it, it, i was kind of I, i'm of the belief i know some people are a bit skeptical about it of that uh, there's certain people who are a it's a, a, a genetically predisposed uh, towards addiction and having that kind of addictive tendency and um i i believe i'm one of those people i like my my granddad my granddad was a gambler I was kind of a uh, gambled away five grand like a day before he slipped into a coma and eventually died oh, um God. nearly gambled away his house and stuff uh marnie went to went to the priory uh she was kind of dumped on the front door having pissed herself on the uh, front entrance of the priory by wow. my mum uh, the, um not literally dumped my mum like took her there <laughs> to, you know <laughs> drive past and push her out yeah yeah had her in like a butt had her in like a butterfly net just over it, yeah. yeah tuck and roll babe. tuck and roll yeah yeah <laughs> slingshot into the yeah um uh so uh, yeah my mum had problems with drinking and that so i think it kind of it it, it runs through the family but yeah the way it manifested itself in beyond the kind of uh, certain behaviors idiosyncratic behaviors from my youth Mm. 
like obsessive like the obsessive uh collecting of like wrestling figures and just these like kind of weird like obsessive oddball beh- behaviors when i was young when i was older it went through different phases so it was like the initial more social drug use but even then i was always like it was in like in uh so i've been drinking to blackout from since the age I was thirteen, since the age I was thirteen, I was always drinking to blackout, getting drunk to you know to to the point of oblivion. Wow. Then in university, uh, that uh, I, I advanced, I progressed onto um, shit like ketamine and um, you know party drugs and methadrone, and then even then like you know smoking like a cheeky bit of heroin and stuff. Wow. Um, and, and then. Uh, the sp- the stuff that really upturned my life, and you know, the time when life just ceased, where it was like pure stasis, I wasn't doing anything. Mm. That was with stuff like oxycodone, uh, diamorphine, um, uh, um, uh, dihydrocodone, um, uh, even like fentanyl. If I could get my hands on it, so like what are these? Are they are these like fentanyl patches? Right, and what are these? They're like what? Where? What are those sorts of drugs? They're prescription drugs. They're they're prescription. This is like the heavy duty, pure like pure pure opiates, right? Like controlled one opiates mm. uh, that are are prescribed. So as you can imagine, like procuring such uh, drugs was uh, the, I mean, I, I had my ways, uh, yeah. but um, it's it, it was it's difficult. It was difficult to procure the really heavy duty stuff like diamorphine yeah. and fentanyl and, and, and shit like that. But um, but then at the time, with stuff like dehydrocodine, which is just a kind of really pure form of um, of, uh, of, of, of codeine, mm. you could fill out like online, you could go on online uh, pharmacies, fill out online questionnaires, lie through your teeth. They didn't actually need any uh, doctor like confirmation or anything. Yeah. And get shit delivered, and then so then like like the Royal Mail and DPD and all that become like unwitting drug mules, and obviously <laughs> that you you're only allowed a certain amount in a certain period of time, but you obviously go to lots of different websites, yeah, and so you know you're you're stockpiling like thousands and thousands of pills, um, that uh, I mean I was necking back like sixty dehydrocodone in one go, what? Like drinking bottles, of- yeah. Mate, this is this is how this is what it got to sixty in one go, six zero, and then but a a bottle of Oromorph, like a whole bottle of Oromorph. You bearing in mind for people who are dying, like terminal Uh. patient, they give them like a pipette of Oromorph, like oh mustn't do anymore, mustn't do anymore. I was Uh. down in the whole bottle, and have a whole bottle of like Oromorph and Nesquik. Um, Yeah, I was having like I was yeah, go on, yeah, go on, go on, yeah, go on. No, no, I was no, I was just saying like it was, um, uh, yeah, and then obviously fentanyl. Uh, I'd boil up fentanyl patches. That stuff is like fifty times more potent than heroin. Fentanyl is what everyone is dying of at the moment. The opioid crisis. That's really? the shit that's killing killing people, and they're cutting it up. They're cutting drugs up with fentanyl, or is it? Fe- fe- yeah, it's, fe- it's pronounced fentanyl uh, because it's. It's cheap. It's cheap to to manufacture and make and give you a really 
really, really, really fucking potent high. Yeah. But people are taking it, assuming it's you know it's it's just normal heroin or whatever, whatever. And so they're they're not you know you're not regulating the amount they're taking, yeah. and then end up just dropping dead because it's so <coughs> so potent, so strong. Jesus. Mm. And what I mean. How do you get to a point when you're necking 60 tablets and then, what was it you were drinking? Uh, Oramorph. So Oramorph. It's morphine. What's that? That's, that's morphine. That's mor- oh, right. Okay. Morphine, yeah. And uh, you were necking bottles of that? Yeah, whole bottles. I downed a bottle of Oramorph. Oxycodone as well. That was really good shit. Um, it just, uh, you, uh, just a bit like a stubborn kind of uh, p- persistence. <laughs> you get to that point <laughs> Ded- dedication as they say uh, yeah it's no it's it's incremental like you couldn't like that that kind of amount would kill me 10 times over now mm. um you build up a tolerance and then in the end you're not taking drugs to get high you're just taking drugs to get by like mm. you, you're not That's you, you don't yeah. not get you're not getting anything from it you're just you're just trying to stave off uh, acute withdrawal yeah. and just keep you on a kind of a level where you can you I say function but function as in like uh, you know like function is in just being able to sit down and kind of you know think and uh, but not function as in like actually being able to live your life properly like I was, I was spent years just fucking in like a sitting in a shoebox flat that smelled of mints uh, and my ex-girlfriend <laughs> it, it, it was just, like, and it was just it was it was it just it, when I sort of it sounds like the the the, the kind of degradation of that era it sounds and when i say that oh it was in a flat that was above a nightclub with a uh, a drug dealer next door opposite opposite uh opposite a betting shop uh it just kind wow. of makes it sound it may, makes it sound um like particularly bleak uh which it was and and, and stuck in a relationship stuck in a tempestuous relationship as well you know in a relationship where both of us were just waiting for the other one to die so we could wow. slip out uh, under the table and out of the relationship we were just <laughs> like we were both even in the even in the midst of that like of the, the you know the the, the toxic dynamic uh, between us we would joke about the fact of like this is fucking hell like just <laughs> I, I'm so looking forward to the day that I get a phone call saying that you've been you've been, <laughs> you've been run over to my ex-girlfriend where I could just be like Oh, thank yeah, thanks for letting me know, mate. You really sort me out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, boy. Yeah, no, that's a top, top man, top man. <laughs> oh, so you get out of it. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, and that, and what? I mean, what? Like we talked about, you say like like your your grandfather and and people like that. You know, down the ages in your family, addiction is there's a it's a it's a very through line, but. What was it about? Was there one particular thing that pushed you to that, or was it just it just kind of just happened? Uh, so I don't know because the problem is like the moment I drank when I was thirteen, I thought I, I this is going to be a problem yeah. because I, I I I just felt so complete. I felt yeah. so whole. It was like something had been missing, and then I was. Um, I was in my most uh, kind of f- in my most kind of fundamental state from w- w- with the uh, uh, alcohol being 
added to my life. Mm. I felt the same way about drugs. Where I took drugs for the first time. Um, and I, yeah, I, 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 I was always seeking that kind of transcendence. I was always seeking something that would, uh, you know, uh, elevate me beyond the normal, like quotidian reality. Uh, I, I was always looking for escape in, yeah. in some capacity. Uh, very escapist, uh, first-rate fabulist as well. You know, we see I seek that stuff in books as well. Books yeah. is another big thing of mine. Um, so yeah, so I was always looking for that in some way. But then with just uh, on a more kind of a uh, kind of a pra- practical level, I suppose I really really started getting into opiates because I I had. I had uh, Crohn's disease. Right. It, I mean, it's it's it's, cr- it's insane because like what, the 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 first thing they'll tell you, you the gastroenterologists um, will tell you, is that the last thing you want to give someone with a stomach problem, uh, especially Crohn's, where it's like a chronic stomach condition, is opiates. Like that is just rule one hundred and one because it, it, it imp- impacts the bowel. Yeah. Uh, but then I was, I was just getting. Um, I just. I mean, I was gonna say, uh, luckily, but also unluckily, I had doctors who just completely mis- who completely mismanaged it and were just chucking uh, opiates at me left, right, and centre no. for a time. For a time, yeah. yeah. So I was getting pres- I was getting prescribed opiates, uh, heavier and heavier dosage, and um, and yeah, that, but then eventually they kind of cotton on to the fact that you're abusing this, this <laughs> shit and you have to <laughs> seek other means, but. So yeah, I don't really know, like because I, I'd like to say there's like a, there was like a catalyst, like some people have trauma, uh, yeah. for instance, where every, everything uh, that happened ha- happened subsequently uh, kind of flows from that trauma. I didn't have that. I had a fucking good, you know, s- stable upbringing, like really loving parents, um, all the usual kind of uh, uh, dysfunctions you have in families and stuff. Like, yeah. um, I've I definitely got major insecurities about my masculinity because of my dad and my brother um my mum probably more than anything molly coddled me right uh, and i think I, I i i i wasn't necessarily um prepared for the kind of jagged glass of of the outside world as much as my brother would have been where he was like just chucked in at the deep end now like ben's got to get on with it whereas i was probably a lot more coddled because i was the youngest um so so yeah i i think there's lots of different variables that that determines uh why my life ended up taking that trajectory (laughs) and uh yeah becoming a they're filthy, filthy, filthy fucking junkie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it because your dad, because you, like you just mentioned, your dad and your brother, and your dad. I know your dad. Well, your, your dad was a policeman or is a policeman or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and your yeah brother, he was. Yeah, yeah, and your brother he's is. Retired now, yeah. yeah, and what's your brother? What did your brother do? My brother. So he was a rugby. He was a professional rugby player, um, and now he's actually just come home from the Olympics. He was the strength and conditioning coach wow. for the the the, fe- the female rugby sevens team, the England squad, uh, and now he's just got a new job with West Ham as a strength and conditioning coach for the West Ham uh, football wow. team. So uh, he so that is that's his. Uh, 
he he's into like powerlifting and right. all that kind of stuff. Always been very very active uh, sportsman. Yeah. Um, which I I did but I did boxing and stuff for a little while. I've always I've had like a fluctuate when it comes to exercise and you know my physical health. In that I'll get really obsessed and really uh, um, kind of really. Uh, kind of devoted to to, to, to my physical upkeep, uh, and then it'll just fall. Then I'll fall on my ass and just let myself gain three stone uh, within a short time frame. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I just throw caution to the wind. Yeah, throw caution to the wind and become a fat can. <laughs> so that's pretty much. <laughs> so you felt there was you felt there was pressure, like because you like like you say your dad and your brother are quite manly for what the better phrase and i use quotes for that manly jobs and you felt there was a lot to live up to yeah i think it was yeah definitely and i think it was just the thing of amongst the the, the yeah like within my dad's eyes it was always like that it, it, I, I i i feel that he's always seen me as a more like i'm like very close to my mom and i think he's always seen me as occupying a more feminine role within like the right. kind of the, the, the core family unit um he uh i yeah i and I, again i think it's i, I don't know I, it's because i'm quite a uh like an effuse an effusive but like effusive conversationalist yeah uh, by the way i was just about to say i'm using like kind of je- like uh, uh attributing certain characteristics and behaviors to different genders in a really kind of simplified reductive man- manner but i would say like i'm someone who likes to bang on a lot women love to bang on apparently <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you flagged the artist going i was like all right yeah we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that yeah <laughs> yeah um and uh, uh whereas my dad was a lot more kind of um, a lot more reserved doesn't really talk that much um the the the, the kind of the old masculine archetype of the can't remember is it the Gary Cooper archetype Gary Cooper like the yeah. silent it's silent but tough but silent strong silent uh, male archetype strong t- yeah exactly yeah. and uh, w- whereas I yeah I was I've, I was very sensitive still am very like, overly sensitive probably and uh, do it artsy fartsy you know yeah uh, <laughs> Just yeah, just kind of different, just different to to what my brother and my my uh, my dad, the roles that they occupy within a family structure. Yeah. I was quite yeah. lucky with my dad. He wasn't he like he, he watched a bit of rugby, but he wasn't that arse about sport. I've said this a few times on here, so I never had that pressure. And he, you know, and he, my parents were very much sort of like, oh, you know, you just always get a job, just get a job, you know. We'll back you whatever you do, you know, whatever you decide to do. And when I, you know, initially when I started doing comedy, they're a bit like, they were like, my dad was like, yeah, fine. I mean, I don't want to come and see you because I don't want to watch someone heckle you. But yeah, yeah. after that, but then mum was like, oh, so, you, you know, for ages, for years, it was like, you're getting paid. Are you getting paid? They couldn't understand what it was I did. And now, and now they're like, they they think it's great. They're like, oh, yeah, as long as you're still yeah. getting paid and all that. But so I didn't really have that. I didn't need, I didn't, in that, in, in the environment at home, I didn't feel the need to be sort of like more manly. Yeah. But definitely outside amongst my peers, amongst all my friends, I, I have, there was a need to be a certain there was a certain toughness you had to have. You had to kind of walk around like, like you were, you couldn't be fucked with. 
even though inside you were just crumbling every time someone came near you, but you had to sort of front it out and, you know, because it just seemed to be an air of violence around when I was a kid. So to be, yeah. anything, to be anything less than that, I remember wearing braces once and I got fucking, I got the shit kicked out of me for wearing braces <laughs> in, in all oh. And when I say on my jeans, I mean, like, not in my teeth. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's wearing braces, getting his teeth straight, and who's he think yeah. he is? <laughs> Mr. Fancy Pants! Look at him, old Tom Selleck wandering around here, he's straight in teeth. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there's a fit. So, with that, like, I mean, like, my dad, so when it comes to the comedy, like, my, my dad watched, like, 15 seconds of, like, a clip of an online comedy clip uh, and went, uh, I've seen enough, I get the gist. So, oh, that is, wow. like, kind of. That's kind of like my. No, I mean, in all like all jokes aside, he is he is supportive, but he's my mum's like hyper supportive, but my dad's supportive in. But he is someone who kind of uh, uh, ascribes value to certain pursuits uh, yeah. depending on the the kind of monetary value or like you know the 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 the, the, the fight. So when I started earning a bit of money from it, you know, it's like you're always kind of part of the precariat when you work in the creative industries but when i started earning enough money from it to like you know to have something to show for it um my dad was uh more supportive but it, it took it took that for him to you know to really see it as a um see it as a worthwhile uh pursuit but yeah my mum's like hyper i mean actually but my dad's real I, I i feel bad saying like my mum's hyper supportive my dad's a bit more uh, a, 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 a bit more kind of reluctant to, to give praise uh, but he, he is supportive but that is just his way and I think it's because he says like he feels that dads have to be like that with their sons and he's, he's yeah. the same with my brother as well um, but yeah the, with the, the violence stuff there was always a kind of crackle of violence um, around not not like come from anywhere that 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 rough or, or you know mm, impoverished yeah, so. or anything but it just you know like typical friday night in south and seafront it's like you know a little crackle of violence and but luckily like the people i've been friends with as my three closest friends uh i've known them since i was born we've yeah. literally grown as human beings together we're you, you know you, uh, we're yeah, we yeah we're kind of like a, a prosthesis we're, we're an extension of each other because we've grown as people together and we were always the like fucking like oddballs like we were we were we were we were the ones who like we were we were liked we were liked by a, a kind of broad cross-section of people in senior school for instance uh but we were like we were considered odd like we would like be yeah. the ones who were like snorting leaves uh for attention or <laughs> we just had like a pathological need to amuse so i remember yeah. i once and when i knew it was a problem i remember i once f forced out a shart i once purposely sharted myself just <laughs> to get a cheap laugh like just to get a cheap i shit my pants on just to capture someone's attention <laughs> like that is nice <laughs> mate <laughs> I mean, we've all done stuff like, because of peer yeah. pressure, or yeah, because we're around, we're around, like we say, our mates, and we're just trying to one up each other. But um, yeah, so I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I think it, there is a like my mate at the minute. He's I've known him years, and he's 
I said this before on here. I always thought he was the strong one. Like he, you know, he did things right, got a proper job, get kids, wife, did all that. And then I spoke to him the other day, and he's in absolute bits. And it blew my mind that he's that way. And I'm like, you know, you did the things properly. How you're supposed to. Society says this is how you do it, and he did it. And he's still like, he's he's in the he's in tatters. And you're like, oh, yeah. so what's there is no real, there's no real way of doing it. Is there like there's your exactly. way, there's that way, there's the way I've done it, but it, we all seem to end up. I think we're all fundamentally the same, so we all end up with the same kind of mental health issues, regardless of the path we take. A hundred percent, yeah, exactly that. And I think like yeah, there there is no template for living, mm. and um and 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 for people who feel that they've um it, that they've they've had the, they've had the right kind of progression within their life and um you know surrounded themselves with the 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 the, uh, the, the, the correct like markers of success or whatever you know like yeah. it, it, the people who feel like they do i think they do get to a point a kind of uh epiphanic moment or road to damascus moment where they realize actually that i i'm still there's something not right they're saying yeah. they're still saying they're saying not they're saying i'm not fulfilled in some way or there's there's some still something uh missing and um uh, yeah i i mean i i yeah exactly i don't i i mean don't you ever see like when you have people who seem to uh they outwardly exhibit what seems like pure kind of psychic hygiene that they seem like just pure and clean and total like you're i'm like what the fuck is, like they are the yeah. ones that i'm like pedo definitely a pedo like it's always a pedo <laughs> they've, they've got a, like they've got to have a they've got to have a real kind of darkness somewhere yeah, because yeah. this is just too yeah, it's too scrubbed clean it's yeah. like not the yeah, their their kind of public facing self is too. There's an immaculacy to it that is unnerving. <laughs> that is probably unnerving. Um, I love so, the way you, know, you go straight to pedo. It is. Just, it's the ultimate, isn't it? It's like the ultimate, yeah. like the most uh, ultimate evil is uh, is uh, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> and it is. They're always a pillar of the community. They're there for everybody. I oh, like seem to be in the right clubs, doing the right things with the right people. And they always, like you say, turn out to be the worst sex offenders ever. It's it's an elaborate act of misdirection. Yeah, like yeah, if, yeah. if you don't, let it, yeah, I, I just have um, people who don't let the belly of their id hang out. The ones who don't uh, let themselves kind of uh, uh, submit to, you know, the more base, <laughs> revolting parts of themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just saying, there's just saying, not quite for me. I'm not saying for everyone. That's just saying that doesn't sit right with me yeah. when, when people are like that. And I'm always drawn to people who a show a bit of, of vulnerability, vulnerable yeah. people. I'm, I'm I'm drawn to vulnerable people, and um, who are um, who are quite who yeah who who are kind of quite quite open in some way, or uh, they believe in like full disclosure you know like this is the these are the parts of my life like some of it's gonna be quite unpalatable um and you know uh, uh gonna be um a bit uh gonna repel you in yeah. some ways but they're 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 
they're fine because they realise that's this kind of full spectrum of human experience and yeah. sometimes you're going to do shit that's a bit you know a bit, bit well, this, not nice <laughs> exactly this comes up all the time we are none of us perfect we can be arseholes we can be absolutely legendary we make mistakes we can be selfish we can be kind it's all part of being a human being but and, and to admit that and go oh yeah that was because when you're being selfish you don't know you're being selfish for whatever reasons driving you to make those decisions, you're just you're in it, and you're going, no, no, no this is this is the right thing to do at that time. And not until afterwards, and you go, oh fuck, that was what the fuck? What was I doing that for? You're like afterwards, and you're like, right now, I need to make amends, and make up yeah. for that. And just by saying, do you know what? I was really selfish then. I'm really sorry. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I was just driven. If you can do that, that's such. It shows such strength to be able yeah. to do that. I do it all the time. Just and it's hard to do it. Because you don't want to admit that you've been an arsehole. It's the fucking hardest thing. But when you do, I've found this now from experience. When I turn around and go, I'm really sorry about that. I was, I don't know where my head was at. You know, I recognise that I do have a selfish side to me that can be quite overwhelming sometimes, quite powerful. That I need to, I need to work on. And but I feel better for saying it, because then, because then it helps me as well. And then if I've yeah. said it to someone. If, if I start those behaviours again, then you go, Richie, mate, you're being a bit of a cunt, to be honest. Yeah. It, it makes it easier for them to point it out as well. I think we should all be a bit more like that. You know, admit your faults and your failings and the things that you're not so proud of and the things that worry you and the things that the things that you're proud of doing as well, the good stuff. You know, it's all about, the, it's all about balance, isn't it, really? Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with that. Like, I, I, I'm really into... Um, uh, yeah, having having a bit of humility and just uh, put your hands up and admitting fault and admitting error and, and understanding that. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's like, like you said. Like sometimes in the moment you'll kind of justify certain behaviours, and then when you've had a bit of there's a bit of air between you and your actions, you can you can uh, understand. You have a kind of more clear eyed mm. and uh, rational about it. And uh, to to be able to just to be able to have to be able to have the capacity for self reflection is like totally vital. And I think there are some people yeah. who are um, I kind of what's the word I'm looking for. They're, they're almost pathologically incapable of doing so. Yeah. Someone like uh, uh, Donald Trump, for instance. I don't think I think it, whatever, there's part of his brain that's maladapted and he just has not got the capacity for self-reflection yeah yeah it's i uh, but but the most you know most kind of uh, most most people have got the the capacity to do that and to be able to just evaluate where you what your headspace was when you you know committed the, the error of judgment or the misbehavior yeah. or whatever and just say to someone this is this is what i was thinking at the time i'm now had a step back from it and realized like what you know what what the, i do all the time i constantly look at my behaviors and think what the fuck like what the fuck yeah. are you thinking there boy <laughs> and it's uh it's it's that it's actually it's actually it's really liberating to be able to to to, to just own up to that and, yeah. and, and admit i think i think the problem lies in making the same errors of judgment over and over and over yeah. again and then the, the apology becomes quite hollow doesn't it so it's yes. like there's no it, 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 it you realize uh, it, for them it is um 
uh, an apology becomes uh, a way to uh, self uh, ab was it abdication or like self yeah was it ab yeah self yeah it, it, it kind of it, it um yeah it's like well, just it's a means you, a yeah. tool to get you well, off the hook or exactly and then you go oh yeah because you go oh they let me off last time yeah they'll let me off again I'll just say I'm sorry and I think yeah. if you're that way inclined that's yeah like you said that becomes a problem and that just goes to show that you haven't actually dealt with what got you to that that place in the first place you, you're you're a piss taking little shit is what you are yeah. and you're yeah. going to keep doing that because <clears throat> you go oh you know, oh, I'm charming enough I'll just say sorry and then they'll go no whatever don't worry about it and then you'll do it yeah. again and I've learned that the hard way as well. I did that when I was younger. Definitely, I not not I didn't I didn't set out to do that. I just realised after a couple of times I was like, oh, well, they'll just oh, they'll, they'll just they'll just accept it anyway. You yeah. know, there was a reason I was taking the piss. I felt I was owed something. I felt I'd been wronged somewhere in life. So it was all right for me to act this way because of this thing that had happened to me. And then yeah. you go, well, this isn't their fault, though. This isn't anyone else's fault. So why are you taking the piss out of everyone that loved, that loves you? These people, yeah. are they're, they're, they're going out of their way to be kind to you and nice to you because they love you and want to be around you and you're just taking the fucking piss. Yeah. You know, and that, it was that realisation that when I went, oh, fuck, yeah, I, I'm actually causing more damage here and I need to work on that. But there are people, like you say, and people that I know that cannot physically take responsibility for any shit they've done they cannot they it has to be other people like like literally has to be other people's fault that their that their behavior that shit's gone wrong and it yeah it, it's, it blows my mind to see it when you go are you fucking kidding you you've been a fucking asshole you've got mm. to then they go no it's not it's you you did it you did this you did that and you're like I was reacting to your bullshit, you know, and it, yeah. Just, it up, yeah, anyway, you have to step away and go, I can't, listen, you have to come to your own conclusions. I'm done with this because I can't, yeah. I can't work, I can't work with this anymore. Yeah. And that, yeah, exactly. Exactly that. I think it can, um, it, 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 if, if it's used to, uh, to deflect, like to deflect blame and people yeah. who deflect blame, Every, all the time yeah it is it just made it it makes it in it makes it impossible to 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 fully warm to such a person yeah. because each time that they uh that they 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 uh they, they do, each time they don't take responsibility for their actions and they put the blame on someone else and even though I'm like somebody who really doesn't hold grudges at all, like I really try to, just, yeah, same. you know, you know, think of it as like, well, you know, we all act in certain ways for certain reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it does, it does just each time they do that, it just, it just kind of, it leaves a, it, it leaves a kind of, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's like, and it and then it accumulates and accumulates, and in the end, you start resenting that person completely. Yeah. Um. It's just, yeah. Again, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those. It's, it's almost kind of anti-social behavior in some ways, as in like uh, behavior that puts you outside of the usual uh, 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 social contracts that we have of like the different affectional bonds we have with each other and certain modes of uh, of uh, of behaving with one another that uh, yeah. are, condu are conducive to a certain amount of 
social harmony. Like you're, you're never going to actually attain pure social harmony, but why not lean in that direction? You know, or why not yeah. like bend, like strive, strive for it? Why not bend towards uh, uh, that rather than trying to do so? But then I also say that I have that part of me that does want to just like fucking drop an anvil on a situation and just like <laughs> like be be deeply antisocial and defiant and uh yeah like there, there is a there uh, there is it's a slight perversity not like sexual perversion well, but I like mean, yeah. in uh in like like uh like warping a social situation you know so social situations Tick, uh, run in a certain way and it's like ticking over fine everyone's getting along and then you just saying something that kind of tip like throws the table across the room <laughs> like, so, <laughs> metaphorically and like everyone's just like what the fuck have you just done yeah, like yeah, there is a yeah. part of that and i think that comes with a uh a, you know a, a comedian which every comedian i think has um is uh, a desire to be the center of attention in some way or to be you know a, a focal point um yeah so i think it's just mm. that, like you want to be seen you want a lot of group of people such a weird thing like getting up on stage like thinking that you deserve to be the one person in the room who can speak like as a comedian, <laughs> yeah. thinking like i deserve to go into rooms every night of the week and for a certain amount of time, be the only person in a room full of people who who is able to speak uninhibitedly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird. It's kind of a weird drive, isn't it? Yeah. It's a funny one. I've I've literally I've just done another recording with someone else, and we were talking about that. And I was yeah. saying that I don't need that attention. It's not why I do it. I realised that after the lockdowns. <laughs> Having spoken to other comedians that were messaging me and going, oh, I just need to be up there in front of people. I just need it. I need it. You know what we're like? We need it. We need it. And I suddenly realised, I'm like, no, I don't. I don't need it. I like it. I like doing it. I like making people laugh. And I, I'm very. I love. I love what we do. But I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I just need to be in front of someone. I need to be doing it. But there, I know there are people that do need it and mm. do need that attention. I don't know. I, yeah, but like, it, but it is. Of course, it's weird to. It is so fucking weird to. Mm -hmm. Say that we're because everyone, everyone wants to be known as funny, but we're the ones that stand out in front of everyone going, We're I'm funnier than you, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, exactly, funnier. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's like they say anyone who runs for like uh public office, or I mean, the actual thing is anyone who who becomes president is going to be severely mentally ill, and mm. it is, it's yeah. it, you can understand that because even if someone like Obama, who seems uh, you know, he's very erudite, very polished, seems very well balanced, uh, uh, intellectual man, um, to go, I want to be the leader of the free world, like I want to be, I want to be global king. Uh, <laughs> and I, and not only I want to be global king, uh, I know I have what it takes to be to be in that position. Like, yeah. like it's not just like a vague desire. It's like I will do everything I can to to achieve that. It's kind of weird, but um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, there is a part of my personality. There's an unruliness. Um, uh, and like I said, like a perversity, and it's not. I like to think of it as re like rebellion. Mm. That it's me kind of uh, like critiquing the status status quo or sticking it to the man, that kind of stuff. But I think it's just um, it's unruliness for the sake of unruliness. Sometimes I yeah. think it is just uh, 
uh, um, there's some kind of drive in me, a kind of mischief maker that just wants to fuck shit up a bit. It's, it's, I know everyone always uses that. Some people just want to watch the world burn stuff about yeah. the Joker. And it is, I think it is, it's, it's, it's a well-worn phrase because it perf- it kind of perfectly articulates yeah. that drive within people. Yeah, no um, reason. There's no reason yeah. for this. I just want to do it because of this. Just because. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. do you know what I love? I think why I, why I relate to you so much is because you're, because now you seem to be channel, channeling that. The drive that was that was driving you down a negative path you've now almost channeled that into like into like more in a more positive direction and you're almost it's like you're addicted to being honest now yeah and now i'm the same i love i love being really open and honest about everything i love being an open book i love the fact that anyone can ask me anything and i'll give you a straight and honest answer mm. whether or whether it's it makes me look good or bad I'm just going to go, look, that's, yeah. you ask me that question, here's the answer. I'm very open about my past behaviours. I'm very open about things I've done recently where I've gone, oh, that was a bit shit. I shouldn't have done that. I should have, oh, fuck, I've reacted to that badly. Um, I'm open about my sexual proclivities. I'm open, you know, I'm open. Uh, and I feel, and I think because of being so open for so long now, I'm comfortable with it. And so... I'm not uh, we, now because people are, people respond to it better as well. They go, they'll ask me things, and I'll go, yeah, well, I'm into this or I'm into that, and they go, all oh, right. So far from being ashamed, I'm actually I go, yeah, that's that's who I am. That's what I'm into. That's what I do. That's what I want to do. This is this that and the other. And people go, oh, right, okay, cool. Well, that's not really what I'm into, but I'm into this. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we're all being honest with each other and open, and it's a wonderful feeling. And I imagine you get the same sort of buzz. Yeah, your, mate. You know. It's exactly that. Like it's kind of uh, being aware, like of like the normal kind of uh, vicissitudes, sorry, of being. And like the thing about being so hyper conscious of myself, or try trying to be hyper conscious mm. of myself. I think we always have blind spots. Like there's that thing. It's called it's called something like not shikari window, but it's it's something like that. And it's like the known knowns, the known unknowns, and then the one there's like the the unknown unknowns or something. And it's like the the how how people how people there's always going to be ways that people see you that you will never be privy to and that that's like oh, oh my wow. god like, is, is it, yeah like there's always going like most of the time you could probably you could anticipate it pretty well but every there's just there are just going to be those 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 things that you will never be aware of like that's how you're how you're how you're seen which wow. is a pretty scary thought but but oh. trying to be as it's scary in it though when you think yeah. about that like, you have no control over like, that that's yeah and regardless i do you know what it's funny there, yeah there are some you just yeah when you perceive someone a certain way that's it yeah and yeah. And, and, and there's certain ways of like when it just because of you know whether it's like uh, like social etiquette or politesse or whatever. That, that, that there's certain things you're just not gonna bring up with people, yeah. or uh, you, you know, like like you like if say if you slept with someone that had like stinky tits or, or something like or, or like or you or, or they had a stinky ball bag or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, just, yeah. It's just like you think like I, I'm not. There's no. There's nothing to be gained from from making that comment. Um, 
uh, so so you kind of let it lie uh, and yeah that's what I worry I just worry about stuff. mainly it's just that's what I just made it's not worried about like my personality or like my moral or my moral character it's just I'm worried if people think I've got like a stinky dick <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is I'm powerful. I'm clean to a fault like I'm particularly yeah, same, same. about my hygiene I tell even, you what, even Go on, oh, go, go on, on mate. Yeah, no, go on. Oh, yeah, even when, even on my like most druggy kind of sixteen-day binge uh, periods in my life, I would always still every day uh, have a shower, fold up my clothes when I'm putting them away, brush my teeth four or five times a day. I get wow. particularly obsessed with that. I even when I was so fucked up beyond like comprehension, I would still. It was almost like muscle memory. Yeah, I would still make sure i do all those things wow um i mean i looked like i wasn't clean for <laughs> long stretches of my clammy. life yeah yeah pretty particularly clammy but i always had wet wipes with me as well and i was always like really but yeah but just go i'll go and you had something to say first, no no that was just that i was just going to say the same thing if if the if i smell something weird like if there's a if i get a whiff of bo or a strange smell I immediately think it's me. It doesn't matter yeah. where I am. I'll go, oh, shit, is that me? And I get yeah. paranoid that I stink. Even though I, deep down I know it isn't. It's like, I was on the train earlier and someone had a really bad body odour and I straight away went, oh my God, is that, is that? I started sniffing myself and going like that. I'll go up to mates and go, do I, do I smell? And like, yeah. No, you, you always smell fine. What's wrong with you? I go, oh. Yeah. Just this bloke an hour ago stunk a BO and now I think it's me. It's on me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's weird because you know your own smells, don't you? But yeah. I, I'm the same thing. Like I'm like, that is that is like I smell something, that is not how I smell. But what if just on this particular occasion I did and um yeah, I get really worried about stuff like that. But with yeah, with regards to like being hyper like excavating uh, my own emotional difficulties and it's helped me to kind of wear like the acne skin of other people's insecurities to know something about their inner life because I'm, uh, I'm I think I hope I'm quite receptive to my own you know uh, difficulties and my own motivations and my own uh, triggers and drives and all that um, and knowing what a fucking kind of mare it can be to step outside and start the day just yeah. did that simple thing of like stepping outside and starting the day. I tried to like practice little gestures, not in a like really conscious, like documenting it in a uh, you know in a notebook or anything, but just little gestures of kindness and civility, like the the, the things we do to demonstrate care towards one another, yeah. and that can make the transition from like inside the inner realm to the outside the social realm more bearable. Um, yeah. I, but then I yeah I try and go like the other day. I, I did. I, I was walking along, and I saw a guy over the road, an old boy. He was like walking, like uh, you know, very slowly across the road, and he had like jogging bottoms were halfway down his bum because the weight he'd wet himself basically, oh, and the no. weight of the the weight of the piss was like pulling the yeah. jogging bottoms down. And I kept looking over, and people kept just walking past him and looking him up and down and looking him up and down. And I was across the road, and I was so conflicted because I had. I like had like a list of things to do. I was yeah. kept thinking, like, like someone else is going to see it and eventually help this man, or he's just going to go home and you know, he's it, going to be. And then I just thought, I can't actually bring myself to not do something. I cannot. Yeah. 
I cannot walk away from this. So I went up to him and like sat down with him on the uh, on the bench and just started like chatting to him about his life and he was with it. And then I yeah. said, oh, like, I, I said, oh, I noticed, I went, is it a bit comfortable? I noticed you sort of you spilled something or like you've had a bit of an accident or so. And he was, it was sad because he just, it was like resignation. He just said, oh yeah, I, it's not my fault. I have an accident. I didn't, I, yeah. I, I end up weirding myself and I just have to sit on the bench for two, three hours until it dries before they let me back on the bus. Oh, I thought that's, uh, and it was gut, so, but what I ended up doing, I said to him, if you just wait there, honestly, I'm going to just run back to mine. I'm going to bring you down with quite a few pairs of clean jogging bottoms. Yeah. Um, and there's like a public toilet over there. We can walk over there. And it, it, like, would that help? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be really nice. Thank you. So that's what I did. Like, I ran, um, I ran uh, like back home and brought him jogging bottoms and he got changed in the public toilet. And then I like, got him on the bus and gave him spare pairs of jogging bottoms and stuff oh, but i just kind of thought like even when i rung up the place where he's staying which i won't i won't say no. here obviously but um even when i rung up he told me where he's staying i said oh, i'll give him a call and they were just like yeah yeah we're we're aware of who you're talking about and i was like i'm just really worried about his kind of care plan because mm. he shouldn't he, he shouldn't be this shouldn't be happening like no. he, he should be in a position where he's walking down the high street absolutely drenched like in, in piss basically yeah and i said and even if maybe he had more independence before uh not that i want to take away anyone's independence no, either, but i just i i just was like i hope there's just stuff in place to to protect this man it was as simple as yeah. that really uh, and they, I mean, they couldn't go into detail because I'm a stranger to them, and I understand that it's like uh, the privacy concerns and stuff. But they were just a bit like they just kind of shrugging it off, really. And when people were walking past him, they were just like looking him up and down and like remarking on the fact. He'd, I just I don't know. I just it just made me really angry that day. Like I was just like. I, I was just very pessimistic like and cynical that day, and just like what what is fucking wrong with people? Like what yeah. is like why is that being allowed to happen it's just well, like I say, yeah there, it's just it, kind of gutting this is why I've said this before I've done I used to do care work and the reason I stopped is because other people I couldn't the people I was working with didn't give a fuck not all of them there were some fucking diamonds amongst a lot of shit but I just couldn't do it anymore because these people were coming into work and not doing anything not looking after the people not making an effort and you're like I would fucking hate it if my parents were here or my relatives, someone I love was here and you were letting them lay around in their own shit because you yeah. can't be bothered to go and sort it out. Like that guy, they're like, oh yeah, well he's out of our hair, he's out. So we just yeah. let him wander around exactly. with, his, with his pants full of piss and we'll yeah. just deal with it when he comes back. It's fucking disgusting. And, it, and, and I think a lot of it comes down to the money, like people aren't paid, you should, they should, people aren't paid enough because that they've got their own worries like yeah. oh, why should I make an effort you know I wanted they get into it for the right reasons but after a while they get mm. so ground down with the bollocks from up above the people in charge of all these places that cut cut the funding they cut this they cut that it's all about especially private care it's all about yeah. the profit so they, they they take as much money out as they can and put very little back in you know like they yeah. get the cheapest bread they get the cheapest orange juice it's all cheap shit the bare minimum that they do that, that is legally required in a lot of these places to make sure that they're not breaking any laws, but at the same time they're yeah. providing the shittest. The amount of money that people pay to be in private care, and the amount of care that they're given doesn't add up at all. 
and that's why these nurses and people like that, and I'm not saying everybody but there's some of them that are like oh, I'm just getting I'm getting taken the piss out of so why should I put the effort in fuck it exactly exactly you know? that it's like it's like yeah it's it's like a lot of social cares in the hands of Margaret Thatcher kind of passed it over to private equity and when yeah. it's uh, private equity they're just concerned with profit profit extraction and that means uh, 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 the the quality of care takes a huge hit yeah. uh, because they 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 they're, they're basically just kind of juicing these elders these elders become commodities they're just yeah. kind of juicing these elders for profit and it sets the terms of of that that environment when uh when, you know when they're, they're just get, give, given the bare minimum or yeah. uh, the, the, the 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 entertainment is you know is it's pretty much non-existent or whatever yeah. and then when the when these uh people who are working there who are very overstretched overburdened because of critical staff shortages all the time who aren't receiving the correct amount of compensation in fact it's, it it falls well well short of what yeah. they d- deserve um it, then, yeah then people like I said they get into it for the right reason but they get burnt out yeah. they get compassion they get compassion fatigue i would even like i was i was I had a reputation in my care home for being kind of hyper compassionate mm. um being uh you know going uh, going uh, yeah, above, above and beyond yeah 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 and 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 taking it home with me as well like taking it home i couldn't leave someone in in the state that that man was left in in the high street because yeah. it would it would linger it would stay on you know it'd be way heavy on my conscience mm. and um but even me like throughout a 14-hour shift where we're down three staff members, where there's like me looking after twenty odd people, and then like a cleaner who has to, a domestic staff who has to jump on as and when, and these are people with comorbidities and 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 very complex needs, and I would ju- I'm only human. I would just think I cannot fucking cope. I yeah. feel like I'm drowning. Like I feel like yeah. I'm fucking drowning. Um, and uh, yeah, then 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 obviously. Yeah, you 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 just yeah you just it chips away at you. It chips it away at you. And you're 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 an empty husk. You kind of don't have any faults. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, you get to that point, and it, but it's yeah, and it and it all comes down to you know yeah, then yeah, it, it, it you need to again. It's all about balance, isn't it? It's about finding that you know you need to care. Of course, you do. You giving a shit is more important than not. But you also have mm-hmm. to find a way. It, it, because of the way the system is, it shouldn't be just down to you and people like you to be the ones that are putting all the work in. If you look after all of the workers, they're gonna put. They're gonna. They'll work for you. They'll do it properly. They'll do what needs to be done. You know. Yeah. And that and that and it all comes down to that. It's every, everything that's fucked. It's all about. It all comes back to money, doesn't it? Everything across the board. Yeah. It's all about money now. And it's and it and it needs to change. It needs to change. Yeah. And whether it will or not. I don't know, but you know. Yeah, this. I mean, this. Exactly that. This is why I. I I mean, there's, there's certain. So, like we're saying, 
I'm, I'm pretty big. The problem is I'm going to sound like such a fucking martyr in this. Like, the re- I mean, like, the main, the main, I mean, the main reason I brought up the pissy bloke is just so I get a little bit of recognition. Like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, ideal- no one else saw it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, the ideal thing would have been like, I was fucking praying that some stranger saw, who is this benign, benevolent angel in our, in our, in our vision? Like, yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, now Mitch, yeah, and then, and then, and then recorded it secretly and then put it online and then like I'm like oh god I'm so embarrassed oh my goodness like, I can't believe it <laughs> no no online. I don't want to do any interviews no, I don't want to do any interviews yeah 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 but that didn't that didn't fucking happen so I had to casually <laughs> slip it in to- <laughs> <laughs> now people go oh I saw that bloke but, yeah 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 exactly <laughs> so um it's yeah but it, you're, you're absolutely right I, I mean i i can if i ever say what my political identity is it's always in a, a constant state of flux it's mm. never a fixed thing really but uh generally speaking i would say like i'm a i'm a economic socialist and a cultural libertarian like wow. uh, i'm quite li- libertarian in 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 the way i uh just in the way i when uh, uh, probably when it comes to like freedom of speech arguments, which I don't like to get into, this the, the the freedom of speech commentators who I, I I sometimes I'm I I agree with what they're saying sometimes, but they define their whole personality yeah. on like this this one this this one kind of uh, I don't even know what to call it like tenet of of it's it's kind of like people defining their whole personality on like the green cross code or something I don't know. it's like it's it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's this weird thing isn't it yeah and uh so yeah i don't like to usually get into debates about that too much but i i probably consider i consider myself probably a free speech absolutist in some regards but then someone yeah. will definitely offer up an example of like this is speech do you believe this should be free and i'll go like no but there, well, this, uh, is yeah. it. this is the i've had this argument with people and free speech as it stands on its own is absolutely that across the board everybody is entitled to free speech regardless of their political leanings regardless of anything else free speech People are allowed to say whatever they want to say. But with that in mind, after you've said what you want to say, come consequences. And that's separate separate from freedom of speech. So freedom of speech, absolutely, you can say what you want. After that, then things happen. So if you use that, if you use that, that, that gift that you've got of free speech to, to say something that's full of hate and bile and, and just pure evil or awfulness, then from what you've said, then there will be consequences. And that's that's yeah. the that's the bit you're being punished for. Not the freedom of speech. That's across the board, everyone gets that. But what you say, then that's when the things come in and go, what? So you're just a man full of hate and you're gonna say this, go, yeah, fine, all right, you say what you're gonna say, but now you're not allowed to be in this place, we don't want you around. You're now you're now banned from this, 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 and this because you can't be trusted with the gift you've got of free speech. Yeah. And then people go, yeah, but who are you to decide what's right and what's wrong? It's like, listen, if you're saying something that's homophobic, racist, transphobic, that's hurting someone else, then I'm really sorry, but we don't want you around. 
All right. Yeah. You still get that. You why don't you go and join your fruity little club, go and stand mm. in some shed somewhere with all your little horrible little mates and go and say all those horrible things to each other. But the rest of us are gonna go about our business and we're gonna try and make each other love each other and lift each other up out mm. of this quagmire of shit that we find ourselves in. And you're not helping by putting a fucking hole in the boat. With yeah, your exactly. Fucking awfulness. So it, it, Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. It's like you, you, you're, you're entitled to to air, to air your views and say what you want to say, but not. It can't be all speech is unimpeachable. It means yeah. like you could say the speech, but there will be repercussions to your speech. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's it's yeah. And if if a consensus forms that what you've said is is uh you know uh, is at odds with uh, with uh, our kind of our central morality then uh, yes. then you know you you you're gonna you're gonna face people chucking rocks at you exactly um, exactly and that's the that's it that's exactly it it's very beautifully put very beautifully put and i knew this was going to be a great chat with you i knew this was going to be great i really did i was and i've been wanting to get you on for a long time um and you we'll, we'll finish up in a bit but i wanted to cover just something because you said you had a bit of a tumble recently like you like you know you've been clean for a long time but due to obviously you'd have to be a psychopath not to be affected by everything that's gone on but you found your way back on to the path of the righteous man and you've come out the yeah 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 First of all, thank you for saying that about like for having me on and for saying that you knew it's going to be a good chat. Like we obviously know each other outside yeah. of this, and I always love speaking to you, mate. So yeah, I same, really appreciate same. that. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's whenever I've whenever I've relapsed, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of I, there is a certain amount of resignation um, that I know that relapsing is just it's just kind of part of recovery uh, mm. you try and obviously try and limit uh, reduce it i mean the, you have to go into it each time with like it's not going to happen again um but it, it, it inevitably it, you know it does hopefully it won't happen again but it, it is kind of part part of part of the part of the um recovery process unfortunately yeah and uh each time i it's, i think it's just about having the having the, the the tools to be able to, uh, to having the tools to be able to follow the, the you know the, the good decent part to get off the bad road and, mm. and you know get get back onto the onto the good road and onto a good path again. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. So whenever I've whenever I've relapsed, like so for instance, I'll tell about this quickly. So when. My first relapse after uh, I went to rehab was quite a quite a drastic cinematic relapse in certain ways. Right. In that I had eight months of sobriety, really good. They sometimes call it a purple period, where the you know the motivation of just uh, changing your life and um, you know uh, after five years of of stasis in a flat that smells of mints, you're suddenly living <laughs> again. And and yeah, you like where your life was on pause, you've pressed play again and 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 yeah. there's you know a lot of joy and momentum uh, as a result of that. but then i was eight months clean then i went on a family holiday with my mum and dad so we're like we want to go with you like so you're safe and secure me my mum my dad and my uh auntie and uncle who aren't actually auntie and uncles they're, they're family friends yeah. we went on this trip around america and i like on the day we travel around with the rest of the coach 
but in the evenings like the evenings were my own um and i would go exploring in whatever city or, or town where we were in um and on the when i was in philly like i i i, I went walking found a kind of derelict part of philly quite a lot of it's derelict it's a big big homeless problem there um found two guys on a stoop and uh, decided to smoke crack so smoke uh. crack on a stoop <laughs> smoke crack on a stoop with uh with uh with two blokes who i thought were destitute and homeless but one uh was like looking at porn on his phone uh the other one was was dead <laughs> or we thought or we thought was dead he was bringing the dead guy was bringing nothing to the party but he wasn't actually <laughs> but he um yeah, we, well, yeah, we well, fought- you wandered up, right? And you I saw wonder, this, I- and you saw this in front of you. And you yeah. saw someone that you probably could have been is dead. Yeah. The other guy's watching porn on his phone and you still went, Yeah, this is his place. Yeah, yeah, it's, I just got between them and I was uh, I was sort of uh, saying like oh do you know where any good places to go in Philly and they were like obviously oh you're English you're English uh, and I got to speak to the guy who was looking at Paul and I was got just got chatting to him and we were chatting back and forth and weird enough you we, we would start to talk about Tolstoy because wow. I had I had a um, I, I had a, a picture of Tolstoy as the background on my phone and the guy knew who it was which he, he, he took, kind of took me by surprise but I was like yeah. it's, it's it's wrong really you shouldn't like, look at two crackheads on a stoop and just assume that they're like they're intellectually barren or something but you, <laughs> yeah, just, but you do you though. just you can't do you do yeah, yeah. you do and I, I would expect people to think the same about me in like certain when when yeah. when I was like lagoon green and my face looked like a fucking sinkhole because of drugs um, I would expect people to think that I was intellectually barren Um <laughs> But yeah, so I got got chatting to him, and he like invited me back to his place. I won't do the whole story, but basically ended up going back to his uh, uh, place. He showed me this big gaping wound on his leg that he said was like a gunshot wound. Uh, his girlfriend dobbed him in and said like he's he's been nowhere near a gun. That's a diabetic ulcer. <laughs> like, there's, no gl- there's no glamour to a diabetic no. ulcer. And he tried to get me to sandwich bag my hand and dip it into his ulcer ah. into his wound. To prove how deep it was. Oh, but, uh, God. Yeah. And still. But like, and still. I know. <laughs> you went, no, no, this is it. This is the place. Yeah, this is the life, mate. This is it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and yeah, like I, mean, I didn't put my hand in. Um, it's just kind of weird that he, uh, like, he, he had nothing going on in his life that all he could brag about was wound depth. Um, but he, <laughs> but we ended, we ended, we ended up watching like female gymnastics on the telly uh, as I sort of came down, and then had to return back to the hotel in like the early hours Shit. in the morning. Then the next day, I was kind of zonked out. My mum and dad were like, oh, you're like really coming down with saying you look really ill. And I blamed it on eating a big punnet of strawberries when I was out the night before. I was like, I had this really big punnet of strawberries. I just feel so ill. And they were like, Brendan, my dad is, my dad's a policeman as well. And he like checked me over and went, yeah, that checks out. Definitely the strawberries. Oh, my God. You're not a detective then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He was a detective. That's the thing he had (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was he actually was a detective but uh uh but yeah so um so so yeah that was a weird kind of relapse and again that was just one of those moments where which i've had quite a lot throughout my life where i was always a very very solitary drug user very hermetic would just kind of be on my own i'd be on my own doing drugs or just like with one other person that i could trust 
um, or a couple of other people, but it was never, I was never a party animal. I'd go to the party to squirrel away as much drugs as possible so I could go and do it on my own. But every now and again, I'd like insert myself into these like very dangerous, really, situations uh, because at the moment, and even now, I kind of just had a moment of like, then like I remember thinking like, I used to work in pets at home and there's no way I'm going to die from, you know, get killed by a crackhead in Philadelphia. I used to work at Pets at Home. People who worked, worked at Pets at Home in Essex don't die by getting killed by crackheads in Philly. Like, it's just, that, that isn't, that isn't going to be my conclusion. Like, that isn't going to be the end of my story. So I have this weird thing where I do think of myself as indestructible, but not, like, physically indestructible, but just I feel like I, I, I could get myself out of a dangerous situation um uh, it's not it's not going to claim me that situation is not going to claim me uh, which is ridiculous uh, well, yeah things- i mean you're not going to just flash your fucking pets at home points card is that go, yeah, yeah yeah off you go then yeah tonight not tonight yeah. mate not tonight you're gonna, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna fall asleep in front of songs of praise that's gonna be yeah. your death <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh oh, mate <laughs> yeah so so yeah but i've always whenever i've relapsed i've always since managed i've managed to kind of it hasn't escalated too much mm. um and it's always been quite other than that it's always been quite minor in comparison still enough to kind of like ruin my life or disrupt my life yeah. but it's always been quite minor compared to you know the stuff i was taking when i was in the in the height yeah. of my um uh, uh, addiction so yeah, I've just I just manage religion helps me. I find yeah. reading up. Uh, I'm, I'm a practicing Quaker, and I find like reading up on. I mean, I, I read lots of different shit, but for whatever reason, something that's. Yeah, why did uh, being a Quaker resonate so much above everything else? It, I, do you know what it? Well, I actually went to my first Quaker meeting high, um, I, and this was when I was a, an addict. And I sent off for a Quaker starter pack, believe it or not, they actually <laughs> exist. <laughs> what does that involve? Is it not a hat? It's just, it's just like pamphlets and like a couple of books and stuff. It's this, but, uh, and then you meet up with like the local, the person who's a part of your local Quaker chapter. Uh, we met Greg's. We met Greg's and uh, <laughs> got chatting. And uh, so, yeah, there, but there was just something about, like, as I said, I'm someone who's, who is a, a, a gregarious conversationalists in in short bursts are bang on a lot mm. so being forced to for those who don't know quaker means you sit in silence for an hour so you can get in touch with your innate godliness and it's like it's connection mm. that is beyond language and you feel it i felt it anyway yeah. you really feel you really feel something um and it's uh yeah i just the be, being forced to to quieten down to kind of bring bring yourself down a tempo mm. was yeah. very appealing to me uh the peace and serenity that a big part of the, the 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 quaker ethos uh and also like a asceticism uh, or sim- simplistic living yeah and being able to strip your life back of it uh, strip like the accoutrements from your life and yeah get get back to basics it's saying quite yeah. freeing about that yeah almost meditative like that taking yourself it out. is do you yeah. know what there's a lot of i'd say there's like it's a christian denomination but they were considered like heretics of their time there's a big 
uh, uh, um, the, like a there's a, a a big tradition of uh, of have like social uh social a- uh, action like social action of civil rights action and um uh social justice this was the word i'm looking for yeah there, there's a big uh traditional social justice within the quaker movement like during the antebellum period they are the ones who transported helped to transport the slaves from the south to the north in the underground railroad during uh, gay rights during civil rights during the trans during the sort of trans rights now uh quite there is a quaker element there they're not uh they're not dogmatic in the way a lot of christian denominations can be yeah. uh, and you usually find they're quaker hyphenates so they're like quaker buddhist or right, quaker right, jane right. or you know whatever yeah so it's yeah it's just very kind and also it's a bit of a it's in some ways it's a bit of a lazy bones religion because they don't believe in like idolatry and places of worship you can do like at home quaking like i'm i'm fucking i'm fucking quaking right now i'm fucking quaking i'm knee deep in quaking yeah yeah i'm like i'm fucking quaking as we speak so it's quite simple like that um it's uh yeah but there is but there is there is a lot a lot to it that i yeah i just found very appealing which i Brilliant. i liked and so yeah a lot, lot, lot of religious stuff I'm, I'm quite religious and yeah that that sort of stuff helps me but i fundamentally i feel massively out of step with the world like i feel i, I just don't ever feel part of mm. the, the you always like you you have this thing in your mind where you're like there's the the I suppose like the core group like that's the the mainstream that's the core group or like even in comedy there's like these it's more, it's probably more granulated in comedy of like there's different um you know there's like different con- like contingencies or not yeah. contingencies do you know what I mean like there's yeah. a different group groupuscules within comedy there's like <laughs> different groups and and I always feel like I'm not aligned like I'm not part of any of those. I'm not, I'm not that I necessarily would want to be, um, but I just, uh, yeah, I, I just always feel just kind of out of out of step with people sometimes. I think more or like people, people just yeah. look, go on, or like just people think I'm like people. People just think I'm weird or like they don't relate to me or saying they just think I'm a bit weird. I don't know. Yeah, I've always <laughs> felt like that. <laughs> I think more people feel that way than don't. I don't think there's many yeah. people that feel part of things really yeah. you've got your mates and there's people that i feel more akin to than others like you and i i feel you and i have more i feel akin to you rather than some of these other like you say more let's see more popular groups yeah 100 percent. but that i'm happy with that i'm i'm, I'm yeah happy. i think i am yeah it's nice uh, you know i'm surrounded by some nice people now and that that pleases me and that's why i'm i'm yeah I'm happy to have have you around, mate, and I'm glad you still. Oh, thanks, mate. I'm yeah, no, I'm great. Uh, mate, I, I, I like I love like chatting to you and being in your company you. as well. And and I think that's it. Like, yeah, getting older. I mean, I'm only, I'm only 31, but just getting oh, older. Fuck off, then, mate. Mate, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sitting talking like your old father time. <laughs> you've lived 20 lifetimes in in the yeah. short space of time you've lived, and you've still got you've still got a shitload of time to go. You're gonna yeah. be just fine, mate. Don't you worry about yeah. that. I forget. Yeah, Jesus Christ, my son's 29. Fucking yeah. hell. This is what happens now, and I've said this before. Maybe here or in a set that I've done, when I've gone, now I'm of that age now. Where I'm old enough to be grown-up people's dad. Like, yeah, yeah. you're a fully 
full-fledged like, adult and I'm old enough to be your fucking dad. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, it's like you, I don't, I don't ever feel that. Like when I'm chatting to you, I don't ever feel like, oh, there's a big generational uh, no. divide here. And it's not even like you're, because you're like a, an older man who's acting young or anything like that. It's just, I just kind of feel on a level with you. Yeah. It's like with Tony. Like Tony Law as well. Um, Tony Law, I, I, I really, I've always really bonded with him, um, and yeah. I have a lot of love, love in my heart for him and stuff. Again, he's like a bit older now, but it never feels like I'm talking to someone older, so to speak. It just yeah, feels I know like, what you hey, yeah, yeah. I feel actually feel more comfortable with people like you and Tony than I do with some of the some of my pit like pit age wise, my, some yeah. of my peers. I've never really felt that's where it is. I've never felt. Uh, I've never felt like like with I've never felt comfortable with my peer group. That's yeah. what it is. Like I really don't. I don't feel comfortable. Ooh, that's why in college I had no friends. I literally had no one apart <laughs> from the tutors who, who who took me under their wing. But all the peer groups, I like. I was such a loner. Like it, yeah. I I I I think people think I'm exaggerating when I say I really didn't have anyone um, all through college. Uh, yeah. So. So yeah, but as you get oh yeah, as you say, as you get older, you start to just you're more at ease with yourself. You come into yourself, don't you? Yeah, um, definitely. Which is a nice feeling. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But this has been lovely, Pope. Really enjoyed this, mate. Yeah, thanks um, so much, mate. When's the book coming out? Do you, do you have a date yet? Yeah, so it's coming out on third um, of March. So it's a little wait yet, but third yeah. of March, twenty twenty two. It's called "I'll Die After Bingo," published <laughs> by uh, Penguin Books, and is uh, uh, that's Penguin with an X. That's my own imprint. Uh, no, no, I'm joking. It's, uh, <laughs> Penguin Books are the original. <laughs> no, mate, it's the actual the actual Penguin Books, uh, and um, it, yeah, it's about uh, um, elderly care comedy. Uh, addiction very yeah very uh very um honest like almost yeah. pathologically honest was one of the phrases that gets banded around very black like pitch black comic sort of humor uh pitch black humor but then also like a tenderness of feeling and the delicacy of feeling so amazing. a nice balance i hope yeah uh, between those two things so yeah amazing man. where can we find you online uh pope so uh, pope pope lonergan on twitter um, and that's the, that's kind of the main thing I use at the moment. I do need to sort of build my own, build myself a website and stuff. But yeah, Pope Lonegan. But I'll die after bingo. Any places that sell books, so Amazon and Waterstones, all the big ones. But I, I like to recommend that people, uh, uh, you know, uh, patronise um, independent booksellers yeah. and bookshops. So if you can order it through that, that would be brilliant. Amazing. So yeah, Pope, this has been lovely. Yeah, Thank thanks so, so much, much Rich. Mate. I really appreciate really it. Really appreciate Thank you me. coming on, man. Insane in the membrane. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.